It's life on life's terms. And we're back. Um, I'm Tom Robinson, and this is the Life on Life's Terms podcast. And uh, we are not affiliated with any 12-step programs in particular, but uh, we are fans of them. Yes, we are. Uh, I'm Chris Mandeville. Uh, we're here at A New Way Recovery Center on Quincy Ave in Quincy, Mass. If you're in the area, um, definitely lots of resources here. And actually, this weekend... Sunday, they're having an event. Um, I'm blanking too. <laughs> yeah, it's like their oh, it's their third annual wellness fair. Wellness fair, that's yes. it. Thank you. Um, Good job. And also this Sunday, we will be going live uh, from Revelations Recovery first annual awards, awards banquet. Banquet. Um, so we could potentially be going for I don't know, like six hours. I don't know. So, it depends. What you know, we'll see what happens. We yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we have no idea. We're going to wing it. Yeah. It's our first time so, doing I mean, that. So it's not necessarily people are going to be lining out the door to, to jump in the microphone. But we'll yes. see what happens. And uh, our guest tonight, who just saved the day, yeah, um, is Erica, and she's going to share her story with us. And <clears throat> that's it. Let's go. <laughs> and you're on. Yeah, Do you I can say your last name. If you want to. My name is Erica Olson. Um, oh, hi, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a, am I allowed to say where I'm, that I'm a member? Where, uh, sure. Yes. Of Al-Anon. Um, I am not a recovering addict or alcoholic. I am a... Which amazes me, by the way. <laughs> it does. Um, um, which amazes a lot of people. Yes. Um, but I grew up in the halls of Alcoholics Anonymous. I um, I guess I'll just share my story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I was born into a, um extremely dysfunctional alcoholic home. Um, with a alcoholic drug addict father and an alcoholic mother. Um, oh, double barrel. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Listen, I've I've uh, <laughs> I've heard this story. <laughs> and um, the first, I would say, five years of my life were very violent, uh, very drug involved. Um, my dad was affiliated with a motorcycle gang. My mom was a motorcycle mm. gang wife. Um, and yeah. we were motorcycle gang children. Um, yeah, so rough, me, rough, definitely. <laughs> yeah. My, um, my mom was pretty functional for the first, for those first five years of my life. I mean, she wasn't the, I don't remember her being um, not present. She was there for us. Was she a good parent i i mean what is really a, a good parent in that situation um my dad was very heavy into crime um and now it's you um me my brother mark who um passed away in november of 2016 and my um oldest brother who's nine years older than me um we shared a different father uh, but he didn't have a relationship with his dad, so he lived in the same house as us. Mm. Um, when I was three, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh. Um, so put um, our, who our family was and what they were about and him having leukemia all in yeah, one. It was not a good situation That's for like a yeah. catastrophic, um, toxic mix. Like it's tough. Um, so he spent, um, he lived at Children's Hospital in Dana Fiber for, uh, years. Really? Um, yeah, with, um, leukemia. So mostly it was just me and my brother in our, in our home. Um, well, did like Mark, motorcycle gang roll in there deep to visit? Or what? Yeah. 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 Wow. We were only allowed to be wild. babysat by people that were 
convicted murderers that my dad knew and nothing they would let nothing happen to us yeah like 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 you you got your burner yeah like that's i remember playing jump rope with a man who's now deceased we called him rotten ralph that's what we called him we're kids um he was (laughs) he played jump rope with me he played hopscotch with me he played chalk in the driveway this, this is he a biker everything yeah, yeah. With you got a picture this like yeah. <laughs> um i loved him i thought he was so great and then i grew up and my dad was like you know that he was a hitman right really and i was like wow. yeah he wound up to, um passing away cirrhosis so kind of like kind of like um <laughs> what was that movie with natalie portman the professional you know like oh, yeah. that that guy was so nice to her and like took care of her right, but right. he would smoke somebody in a second you know what I mean? So um, when I was almost five, um, my dad caught a conviction, um, a um, drug possession weapons conviction. Um, Sorry. He happened to have a very good lawyer um, that got him. He did pretty minimal time. Um, he had had, you know, he had done, I would say, you know, well over a decade in jail prior to me being even born like he just oh, yeah, was already, a very, i mean he he years. was um, yeah he was um my dad started shooting heroin when he was 13 so he had a long criminal record yeah um he went to jail he went to plymouth um and he when he went away my mom fell off the wagon and oh really yeah she i mean my dad was a pretty functioning drug addict i mean he owned mm. his own business um a plastering business for 18 years prior to going away and um my mom was supposed to keep that business running and she ran it into the ground is what she did um yeah like oh, a, she was worried that's probably worried. Um, like no like any alcoholic like I mean, you got money coming in it ain't gonna go to where it's supposed to you know right, yeah, but, the, but i mean the fear of that that whole thing where somebody doesn't know how to do something right and then it's dropped in their lap it's, yeah it's difficult it's, especially a business is not easy yeah so so my mom um my mom started drinking really heavily. Um, me and my brother, we are two and a half years apart. Um, we didn't go to school. Um, she didn't make us. We oh, really? We would just stay home. Like, she would be passed out on the couch, and we would just not oh, go. Right. Like when we she didn't, was relapsed, you know, yeah. like She just yeah. drank and drank and drank herself into oblivion, and... You know, it wasn't until I was older that I realized the things that happened to me during my childhood weren't normal. I didn't know. Right. I didn't I didn't know that it wasn't normal for your mom to give you like a Dunkin' Donuts sized glass of wine in the bathtub. <laughs> wasn't normal. <laughs> I didn't know at, that being at, a yeah, child. How old? <laughs> like four, five, six years old. Wow. Like, Mom, can I have more wine? Sure, you know. Fill fill it on up. In the and and you know now and, I and this is like I don't I don't want to leave like, my daughter in the tub alone like normal and yeah sober like, <laughs> right. yeah and, and her mom's yeah, like, and I, like here you go like you know sure and she just you know I feel sorry for her. you know yeah, she still what? is an active alcoholic anger yeah. anger yeah and yeah. You, there's a lot of it I mean there's a lot of anger as right. as the years went on I mean it got. To the point where um, my my dad had made a decision when he went to Plymouth for that last time that he was going to get sober. Oh, yeah. And he did. Nice. And um, he told my my mom, went in for a visit, and he said to her, you know, I want to get sober. I want you to get sober, and I want to raise our children in a normal way. I want to get away from the life that I live, and I want... To be a normal functioning member of society, and my mom said to him, nobody is going to tell me what to do. And so he filed for a divorce from prison. Wow. And when he got out, um, we had like weekend, Saturday visits, uh, Saturday, Sunday, like overnight visits for a I don't know why. Like maybe six months. Who were you visiting with my dad when yeah, he got out of prison? Dad, okay. And um, I, 
like really like one of my most vivid like first meetings that we would go to was um women's sunday morning oh yeah 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 um, oh, okay. Street. So this is when you started going to AA so with that's your when dad. I, yeah, that's when I first started going ah, to AA with my dad. And um, Really dark paneling. Like, yeah, like this a very dark <laughs> Weird room, carpet and these but, weird lights. But, I, but <laughs> it, it, was spending, it was spending time with a person that I didn't know. Like, I didn't, hmm. I didn't know that person. Right. I didn't know, like, fun, nice, like, funny, sing in the car with you, dad. Yeah, and oh, that's yeah, because yeah, prior was to that, when you he know. got out, like he didn't spend time with us when we were kids, and right. so he gets out and he's this new person, and we're like, and the whole time he was in jail, my mom would say, like, if you don't do what I t- tell you to do, I'm going to make you go live with your father when he gets out of prison, and we would cry, <laughs> and we would yeah, just cry he, because wow. we didn't because we were scared of him, you know, yeah. and um, you know, fast forward like. We're six months into doing like Saturday visits with my dad, and my my dad finds out that the house that they owned together, my mom had not paid on the entire time he was away. Wow! And How was in complete was two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and he, the only reason we still live there is because she had t- young children. Mm. They couldn't make her go, and he didn't know, and we didn't know, and they went to court, and my mom said sell the house and and give me half the money and i'll never come back and just just ready to walk away and my my dad gave my mom forty thousand dollars and my mom left wow and and she's still active and she's still active well you know that we're not that's the problem with um you know substance abuse as opposed to like a another type of addiction i always say you're not in your right mind you're not the normal normal thinking straight thinking person right yeah you you're you're, you're clouded you're clouded. blocked off you're delusional that's what getting high is it's getting out of your mind getting out of yourself yeah you and know, so. so here we are i'm nine years old it's not that and, to say this and, and my mom disappears off the face of the earth and um mm. my dad wow. you know does the you know is like okay i guess i have so now he has two kids yeah, so he, he, goes, had, he goes. He from goes from biker to, from biker to, to, to jail to two kids, to a single dad in AA. Has no which idea when what he was when he was around before he probably like spent like minimal time and like you know what I mean. I mean he was right. never home. He was you know and how important was his sponsor? <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. And honestly, you know? to I mean, his sponsor was a guy, the guy that put on the meetings at the jail. When oh, really? and when he got yeah. out, he continued to be a sponsor. No, did you didn't know you didn't? Did you know him? You yeah. Did. Yeah. Um. So my dad started putting on meetings at the jail after he got out. Um. Oh. And started, you know, doing that type of stuff. And my dad went to a meeting every single day, every night, every weekend morning for my whole childhood, and we went with him. And oh, wow. I used to go when I was a little kid with my grandmother. <laughs> um, yeah. and, we, and I loved it. I, I, I loved it too. I actually met I, I actually met her father at the meeting that your grandmother started. Oh really? No, well. Oh no yeah. kidding. <laughs> yes. Um uh, but uh, I mean, I probably because, seen her in the back. <laughs> <laughs> being a little kid, and it, it went from being a little kid and you know coloring in the back to getting older. Wondering why my mom wasn't around. Mm. Um, my dad eventually, like, got, you know, he got a girlfriend who had a son. So then I had a stepbrother, and we all lived in the same house. And <clears throat> it wasn't easy blending families, and we we were pretty messed up. And my dad was, he ran his house, like, very, very, very strict. And we had a lot of rules, and... It was, you know, now that, you know, I'm an adult, I realize it was like the prison mentality and, and where he came from and oh, all yeah. that type of stuff. Everything was very regimented and we had very, like a lot of chores and we had to do things that other kids and my friends didn't have to do. And I didn't understand like why Stand we had for to count. Where it was yeah. like, yeah. you know, it was like, you know, like everything was clean. Uh, everything was, you know, all the time. We, oh, you know, yeah. we had very, we had particular chores that we had to do and we had 
did them. And I noticed know. a lot of the guys coming out of prison that I was in rehab with, they're kind of OCD-ish. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know I mean? Yeah. Like about folding, your, folding clothes. Everything Everything, perfect, everything yeah. Because to be that's all bed. you have. But his bed to this day right. is made as soon as he gets up. It just is who he is. That's, that's. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a bad habit to get in. Get up and no, make your bed. I do it. It's just, it's I do it, but well, I, I do mean, it like it's just, yeah. you put Straighten it, out the blanket, fold up the one that you, you had know, on. You know, everything is just the way that it is. And, mm. you know, so I so I got a little bit older and I started to really wonder where my mom was and I became a little bit rebellious. And um, I resented my dad a lot for, you know, like the way that he talked about my mom. I didn't understand it and I didn't understand when he'd be like, oh, you know, yeah. if she loved you, that she'd be here. And and, and yeah, those were not the tough. right things to say. And, yeah, that's and, but that's that's like hurt people hurting people. Like my mom mm-hmm. did the same thing. She bashed my dad so bad. But my dad was there every weekend. The child support was there every week. My mom you know didn't what I mean? pay a, yeah. a dime to my dad. She didn't pay a dime of child support. She literally left. Well, he did the best he could. I'd say the coming well, from where he that, came from. Well, that he did. You know, he did I mean, like he and he good. did. So he, you know, I say all the time, like, did my was my childhood the greatest? No. Did a lot of bad things happen to me? Yes. Was it? Mm. A, was I a product of my environment? Absolutely. Yeah. Did my dad do the best that he could? One hundred percent. Right. Do I, as a parent, parent the same way as him? No, I do not. But mm. I understand where he came from. Right. I understand who he was or who he is, and I have to accept him for who he is. And so, you know, I grew up. I got, I started, I got to the age where, like, I didn't, I was allowed to be home alone. You know, I was, I didn't have, he didn't make us go to meetings with him anymore, but oh, I right. wanted to go. Oh, no kidding. So I would be like, can can I come with you? And that we, me and my dad developed like a really strong bond because my brother didn't want to go with him. My dad, my brother right. never wanted to go. Right. And me and my, so me and my dad developed like a, had developed a really strong bond. And I would sit in the meetings and they would say, why do you come here? And I would say, because I just want to know my, why my mom is the way that she is. And sometimes like when, when oh, I hear somebody speak, it makes me, it gives me hope that like she's going to get better someday. Mm. You, uh, you know, we had another Al-Anon person on, uh, and um, yeah, you know, you know, all right, yeah. yeah. So, but she had talked a lot about a caretaking behavior that she, but you really didn't have that because you were young when your mom left, and then you lived with a sober dad. She didn't have that yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have that yet. Okay. So I started we're, we're going. There. So then I get older, and I'm I'm in high and I'm in high school, and I get to have a car, and and I'm going to AA meetings at night, like <laughs> like different ones than my dad, <laughs> like to, you know, like just like <laughs> no hey, going out on my own, and people are like, you know, where you, you know, you're so young, like wow, it's like awesome that you're getting it so young, and I'm like, oh, I'm not in recovery, you know, and like <laughs> yeah, people yeah, are looking yeah. at me like, what the heck are you and, doing? And here? Like this, I'm some sort of like day. spy. Like, yeah. you know, people day. think I'm like a weird, like, a like, person. But honestly, I, I saw what it did for my father. It turned a monster into a human. Yeah. Now, did he do uh, step work, do you think? I don't. Um, and that's not to say that he never did anything. Um, I was really young when he first got sober. Mm. Um, but he, year, yeah, he was, November he was of the... This November would be 24 years. So, I mean... He was of the time of... Go to well, meet and see. shoot for midnight. Hold oh, on to right, your seat, right, right. and and that's that's what he did. Yeah, you know, you know and it works. It works. Plug in the jug. And, you know, just exactly. You know, Plug in just, the jug. But well, like, what also happens when you do that is white knuckles, you, white knuckles, anger, yeah. like resentment, like Dry that drunk. stuff doesn't go away. Yeah. You know? So well, I mean, there are other ways to work on things too. Mm-hmm. So I went. So I was going to AA and. Me and my brother were both in high school, and he was a senior, and I was a sophomore, and I had moved out of my my. We wound he wound up getting a divorce from my stepmom at the time, mm. and um, because her and I didn't get along, and she was also an AA, and um, she did she just resented me. She resented my mother, and she didn't know how to be a mother to a girl, and she didn't. She never had a mother. Her mother died of of. Um, alcoholism and so it was a very like there was a lot of turmoil like between Mm. her and I for like unknown reasons when I was that age and 
And so they wound up getting a divorce and I wound up wanting to stay where I was living in Marshfield. And so I stayed with friends because I wanted to finish high school there. And so I wound up staying for my sophomore year. And my brother was a senior and he was going to graduate that year. And I wanted to I wanted to see him graduate. And so I I, (laughs) I'll never forget the first time that I saw my brother high. And oh, yeah. Um. Oh, we were in the same the we were in the same gym class <laughs> because he had gotten into this he was very resentful about like the divorce and like moving and my mom at this point um, now this is with your stepmom is, so the divorce from my stepmom mm-hmm. yeah and he he actually really got along with her and so he blamed me that we like lost our place to live and so me and him started to have oh. get this like real we were always very close and we started to get this turmoil in our relationship and he yeah. was really always my anchor and mm-hmm. so i started to like kind of hang on to him for dear life like i couldn't i didn't want him to hate me i just wanted him to like me so so badly that yeah because um, he it was didn't like matter what he did all you had left he, you it know? was you know and and i hmm. i didn't you know i didn't know what i didn't know at the time and i was very naive and i i all Everybody that I knew was like going out and partying on the weekends and they were drinking and I had never drank and they were smoking weed and I had never smoked weed and they were doing all these things and I had never done any of these things. But I would go to parties and I would be the only sober person there and I would go to parties that I knew my brother was going to just to make sure he didn't something bad didn't happen to him because he was drinking and he was using and we were in the same gym class. And I'll just never forget like the, the day I walked into the gym and. He had to finish credits for gym, so he's in, like, a sophomore gym class, and he's, like, laying in the middle of the gym floor, and and I, like, walked over to him, and he was tripping on mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know. Like, obviously, I had never done drugs before, and I'm like, what is wrong with you, you know? And and he's, like, laughing hysterically and, like, talking nonsense and winds up getting kicked out of gym. Like, he just gets winds up getting kicked out of the gym class, whatever. And I was devastated because oh, yeah. I didn't know. Right. And so I, wanted, so I wound up, at that point, becoming a crazy sister. Like, I wanted to, like hold him on a leash and be like, no, you're not going to do drugs because you know what that did to our family. And no, you're not going to drink because you know what that did to our mother. And like, why didn't you listen in AA? Like, I just started to become this like, just very overbearing person to him. And it made him hate me more. And he, you know, he continued doing what he was doing. And I continued going to parties and watching him be drunk. And we would wind up fighting and he would be violent towards me because violence and alcohol run in our family and yeah. he was very violent yeah. when but he you was were just trying to and prevent I, was tra- I didn't want i just didn't want him there and i would be trying to drag him out of the parties and whatever and mm. so he winds up dropping out of high school and i was devastated about that and i wound up moving to hanover with my dad and finishing out high school there he, my brother, wound up enlisting in the military and um, got got shipped off to boot camp. And when that happened, I w- was just like devastated again. Um, and my, me and my dad had a pretty good relationship at that point. I mean, like we had our ups and downs, we had our disagreements. I was sixteen, and I you know, rebelled, but not rebelled like I could have been much worse. Like I didn't, like I wanted to go out and hang out with my friends. I didn't, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. And um, he knew that, but my dad was so afraid. He, so because he couldn't say to me, like, you're not allowed to, I mean, the rules were there. You're not, no drinks, no alcohol, no drugs in my house. You know, that was plain and simple, but it was also no boys. Oh yeah! It was like the rules, and I'm in Mm. high school, and and I'm (laughs) like, you know, so that's what mostly what me and my dad fought about. And my one day I get a call, and it's like Sergeant So and So from the U.S. military. Do I know where you know Mark Olson is? And I'm like, he's at boot camp at Camp Leonardwood in in Missouri, and he's like, I know he's not. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, he went AWOL 
you know, and you could go to jail if you're aiding and abetting a fugitive. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like hysterical. And I go get my dad and my dad's talking to this guy on the phone. And they're like, do you know where he is? This and the other thing. Months went by. I had not heard a word from my brother. He traveled on foot from Missouri back to Massachusetts hitchhiking. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. And he wound up, I wound up, I was just driving down the road one day in Marshfield, and I saw him walking, and I made him get in my car, and I went, drove him to the Marshfield police station, and I said, you're going to turn yourself in. Oh, that's good. And, and he was probably like, no, I'm not. Because he was legit, I mean, and we fought <laughs> in the car, but he got, he did. He turned himself in, and he, they sent him to Fort Knox. Oh, really? and they Fort Knox is a prison. Yeah, and oh. they there's and I thought they, it was a place where there was gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they well, gave him a bunch of gold. That, no, that like, too. And um, they um, so they sent him there, and he did his time there. They less than honorably discharged him, and yeah. he got out, and he came back, and he started shooting heroin. And uh, yeah, fixing I, feelings. Yeah was that's when I wonder I, if I wonder if he did any of that like traveling probably. across the country you know because I mean imagine just hit, hitchhiking from Missouri to Massachusetts like imagine the characters that you're going to meet and like the situations that you're going to put yourself in very that you possible. normally may not have been in yeah very and, you know and, and so you know he got but he, it's he, more likely that he, he probably you know got some information in jail yeah, you know, true. You know, yeah. Told him about how fucking wonderful the life of a heroin addict is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's delightful. Believe me, <laughs> it's great. Hey, shit your pants and throw up at the same time. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shake uncontrollably. Yeah. Yeah. Cold know? sweats. Uh, oh, yeah. So please bring me, to, bring me to detox, and then you jump out of the car when it's going thirty miles an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, that that became my life. I became the driver. Of that car, you know. Oh yeah. I Driving I chased I chased him into the gutters for ten years, and you know yeah. I I cried endless um, tears and begged he, him to stop. And did he ever say I'm only hurting myself? No. No, he never well, said that. Well, yeah. I mean, like, what do you like, care? Mind, I can mind only your imagine. Business. Yeah. Small, yeah, mind, mind you, why business. do you care so much? And just you know, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And mm. it, it got to the point where he was like robbing everybody that we that was in our family and robbing everybody and whatever. And it was just a nightmare. And nightmare he raging. did. So he did um, get sober for a little while. Um, in that, you know. Uh, probably after like six or seven years he got sober hmm. he had a girlfriend for that he had dated in high school they dated after that they got sober together um and they were sober for i would say maybe like close to a year and she got pregnant um and i was like wow this is really gonna be like he's really gonna turn his life around and hmm. She got pregnant, she had the baby, she got perks. Oh, and, really? You know, and, the baby. Mm. and that wow. spiraled back them back into addiction. Both of them? Both of them. They oh both God. went, They she started using, he started using. Disease will take two for one any yeah, day. Two for one, yeah. Um, and they had a little girl that I was very, very overprotective of, and... Um, my oldest brother and his husband wound up having to take custody of that little girl. Um, hmm. We basically, you know, they gave my brother an ultimatum. They said, you either give us custody and you get to go to detox and you do that now and you get your life together and you get your kid back or a wee keeper. Like, that's it. And they went off running. They, yeah, because it's like once, once you hear that, we're going to take care of your child, you're like, oh, fucking A. Yes. Not, but and, that's not really how you feel. It's, it's the fear that sets in too. Probably, yes, you know, like, like oh no, I hate that. I have to, I have to like give all this up right now. Yeah, and, and, and how do I take care of a child? Like what? I, yeah. I, you know, you know, and it, and it was overwhelming. I've been was, there. You know, that was really hard. That was a really hard thing for me to watch. It was a very hard thing for me to see. It caused a lot of fights between me and my brother. Yeah, because you're, a lot you're of time because we are products of that environment. But you're not. You're not an addict. So for you to, I didn't understand. Yeah, that they could give it. up a child yeah. over a drug. I, didn't, I just didn't get it. Right. And um, 
They wound up giving temporary guardianship to uh, my brother, and um, they <laughs> conjured up some fantastic plan to rob a Dunkin' Donuts, and <laughs> it turned into a nightmare um, of sorts, and my brother wound up going to jail, and um, yeah. he didn't roll on anybody. That was part of the scheme, and he... But, he yeah, the... the it was not worth it. It wasn't. It, it wasn't worth it, and for what the time that he did, and um, he he was in. Um, he did some serious hard time in in Concord and Walpole Shirley Supermax. Um, wow! And that was really yeah, hard for me. Um, visiting him was really hard for me. Uh, when he first went away, I was the biggest enabler on the face of the earth, and I was sending mm. him money, and I was putting money on my phone and now I'm a single like I was a single mother of a baby I just had a baby and I didn't have two pennies to rub together and I'm literally sending him all my money and was so naive to the fact that he was using it for drugs in jail jail. jail, yeah and I happened to run into somebody at an AA meeting and um (laughs) they were were like this person was <laughs> laughing and was like, "Oh, you, I'm, I've been sending your brother suboxins in <laughs> in jail." <gasps> wow! And I and, and now she thinks he's sober this entire time. And now I thought my brother was sober. I didn't know. Yeah. And I and I Jeez. looked and I I mean I copped a serious resentment that I still have to this day against that person. And and I at that point I put myself in therapy and I started going to Al-Anon and I cut my brother off. And that was the first time in my life I ever did that. Hmm. And that was the hardest thing I ever did. In my entire life was cut him off like my mother like she came back into my life when i was like 16 or 17 she tried to try to have a relationship with me but this the ship had sailed at that point like i you know everything she was supposed to be there for as a fee, as a little girl and like growing up and like needing a mom like she wasn't there for her. and she wanted to have this relationship but she wanted to she started she reached out to me and my brother and my brother was active in addiction. And so they would drink together and like, she would give my brother, my brother money for oh, heroin. Yeah. And like, she would let him use in her house because she thought he was safer. It was safer to let him use, shoot heroin in her house and out on the street. Oh. And like, then I copped a resentment against her for that. And then, hmm. you know, and like my dad is that my dad is the type of person where like, he's, he just wrote my brother off. Like he was all set. Like he couldn't have that addiction in his life right. and he couldn't, he couldn't deal with that and he didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. And, and so even though he's, he's a member of a 12 step program, like it's, it's hard to like apply those principles to someone in your family. Like, like he not, knows he needs to help this, help him, but to, to, to right. push but at the, the same time, he knew it, that I was, that I was the person that was going to do that. Someone who's not willing. Right. 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 And I'm, at that point, my brother was not willing. And, um, well, let me ask, do you think that, uh, that being taking care of your brother was, became part of who you were as your, identity your absolutely that 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 is absolutely who i am i am you know i'm i'm super codependent i'm super um i'm like i will give you if you right now said you were cold i would offer you my sweater like just because that's who i am like the caregiver i will just give you whatever i have i'll give you every ounce of my being until i have come i am completely run dry and which is which is super unhealthy and that's what you know the program that I'm in like teaches you is that it is okay to like push that, like to distance yourself from that person because they are making you sicker. And that's what I was. I was very sick and I was very, um, emotionally just, I was, I was dead on the inside. I was, Mm. I, I couldn't take anything else. I couldn't, I was devastated that he was using in prison and I was devastated that I had to even cut him off from my life and that I stopped putting money on my phone. And every time the phone would ring and it would ask me to put more money on it and I would hysterically cry. And every time, you know, and then, then, you know, (laughs) my mom was still sending him money in there and I, and it was just, and he was still using and he wound up getting out of prison in 2000 and, Fifteen, two 2015 I went and picked him up um, my mom wanted to be there I told her that she, she couldn't be there when I picked him up I didn't want her there because I knew that she'd be drunk my brother said can you please suck it up I haven't seen anybody in 
three years. Can you suck it up? So I went, I picked up my mother, and she was loaded. And at this point, you know, she's got hepatitis, and she's got cirrhosis, and, and she's dying, and her liver is failing, and she's not well, and she drinks, you know, continuously from the moment she wakes up until the moment that she passes out, not until she goes to sleep. Oh, God, it's like a And she's, she's mm. very sick, and, and my brother could never he didn't see at that point he, he couldn't see that and he so you know like we were sitting in the in the Walpole waiting area waiting for my brother to be released and my mom is asleep in the chair and the security guards are like you need to wake her up and they're yelling at me and I'm like you need to throw her on the cement outside I don't even want her to be here and I'm like yeah. super embarrassed I'm thinking I'm gonna get in trouble for her being like she's wasted she's passed out you know it's just a nightmare and uh, my brother comes out, and his the look on his face when you saw my mother was just like I. It was devastating to me. Like it was just like our childhood all over again. And I got him in the car, and I sat, sat my mom in the he back. He was seat. happy to he see was, her. He no, was upset. He was, he was upset. Very, she very was drunk. Upset, yeah. You know, he was upset that she was drunk. That she couldn't even be sober enough to be there for one day. And the one day, like she hadn't seen him in three years. She wasn't allowed to visit him because she got felony convictions herself. She hadn't seen him at all, and she couldn't even be sober to see him be released well and. it's it's that's a that's a natural thing for an alcohol active alcoholic the unnatural thing is for an alcoholic to become sober or right. get sober or to even stay sober for a day in an advanced progression yeah, yeah. and she may want to want yeah, it to have been but i'm sure i'm sure and and um tomorrow i'm gonna stay sober and then as soon as you wake up you're drinking yeah. Or use, you, you, know, know, you know, it's so, you know, I picked my brother up from prison and, and he told me, like, I, I want to go to an AA meeting tonight. And I was like, okay, you know, and he had lost his license previous to going away. And, and so he had to, and he, so he needed rides everywhere. So I literally devoted every ounce of my time to bringing my brother to a meeting every day. Again. Yeah. So... Because devoted all your time to him while he was using and now while he's now he's sober, sober and I just want him to be sober so badly that I just wanted to have a relationship with my brother I just wanted him I just wanted him to be okay and mm. so you know I'm taking him to meetings every every night and I'm picking him up and I'm buying him cigarettes and I'm doing this for him and that for him and then he winds up you know he joined a group right out he joined the same group that my dad belongs to and you know they started going to meetings together and he did you know really well and um, he got a job and he was working and he wound up actually having a he fell off a 25 feet off a roof and um, broke his leg in like a whole bunch of places and oh. wound up in the hospital and cracked his skull and everything and um, oh, he actually God. didn't relapse at that point like he didn't take pain medication in the hospital wow. and my I remember when um, when it happened and I had gotten the call and and I got it from one of the guys on the work site that I was friends with. He was a member of the group that my brother belonged to. And, and he was, you know, like, are you gonna, you need to come here. You need to come here. And I called my dad because my dad didn't know. And I told my dad. And my dad went there. And my dad called me and he said, do not come here. And I said, why? And he said, because he, you, can't, you just can't come here. He's freaking out. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And Because the nurses were trying to force no, narcotics on him. And they were like, you need morphine. We need to get the swelling on your brain down. We need You need to be sedated. And he was like, no, don't, no, no, freaking out. My dad's like, you know, telling him, like, stop trying to be a hero. Like, you're going to die of a brain mm. bleed, you know? Like, and well, so we the- wound up, you know, in the original, like, he, he wound up just doing the, he had a full leg cast and everything. And he wound up, they wound up just going on Motrin and and wow. you know and he, nev- he and, never he refused the pain and medication he the yeah, pain, and he refused the pain medication in the hospital and my dad wow you know I told him that you know he can take the pain medication take the pain medication and you know they had to they wound up having to sedate him and just in order to get the, the bleeding down when he first got there but after that he didn't take any more pain medication mm. and but that's like you're you're so scared of, of he was, he relapsing, was like he was petrified. I hurt yeah, myself, course. and the first thing I thought of was pain medication. It's 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 not just uh, you're not just afraid of taking a drug. You're afraid of that person coming back. Yes, yes, and becoming you. Yeah, and it's like you you're gonna go away. It's like yeah. and I, to, to the other person takes over, and I've been there, and is gone. I've been there, and the and I'm, think, I'm and like it, it's it's prescribed by a doctor. It's okay. And but I was thinking of I'm gonna be able to take this, and 
I've said this before. My higher power came in the room in the form of my son. And my son said, Dad, right, you know, yeah. you can't take pain meds, right? And I was like, yeah, you're right, buddy. And I took Motrin <laughs> and I was fine. Right. You know well, it? it's, 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 that's what keeps me, uh, you know, and it has kept me sober from time to time in the past. It's just the respect of the strength of the addiction, the, mm. the strength of that right. monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be under the control of it because I know that it is stronger than me if I don't do what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. as soon as I start dabbling. So, yeah, and it, it was it was hard for me. Um, then he's on crutches. He's in a full leg cast, and he's on crutches. And then he's so I'm picking him up. I'm still bringing him to meetings, and 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 and, and you know, and and people. You know, I, now I had been going to this meeting for well over a year with him. So he's like, gets his yeah medallion, you know, like he's still oh, going yeah. through, you know, whatever. He's going through whatever. Some of the people in this group thought that I was his girlfriend this entire time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, you yeah. know, and then he comes up and he's on crutches and whatever. And I'm carrying a pillow under my arm because when he sits down, I'm going to need to put a chair in front of him put his foot up on a pillow so that his legs elevated so that his foot <laughs> wow. doesn't hurt. Like, yeah. and people are like looking at me like what is wrong with you but i just wanted him to be clean and i just wanted that that relationship that me and my brother we were able to develop after he got sober and me and my, we became best friends and we talked about things that we had never talked about and like i had i growing up i would continuously like i went to therapy my whole life because i wanted to and he didn't want to and he would say you need therapy because you're crazy and i and i it, it didn't matter how many times i tried to explain to him that if i didn't go to therapy that like I wouldn't be crazy and that I like he should go and he didn't understand like when we were younger and whatever and you know I would try and bring things up and tell him that we needed to talk about these things that happened to us and he would say he would be like don't talk about that and he would freak out and like get uh, get super uncomfortable and like that's when it's that's using the that, that, that he couldn't do it but that's- so then he gets sober and we start <laughs> talking about these things and we we talked about everything and we he was able to like let so many things go and he went through the steps and he had a sponsor and he went through the steps and he made his amends and when he from the time that he got a, he got out of jail and he started working like a couple weeks later and every single paycheck that he got after he got out of jail he used to pay back every person that he stole from when he wow. was using and he wasn't my grandfather passed away when he was in prison and um so what he wasn't able to he paid back my grandmother but um he wasn't able to like you know say he was sorry to him and that you know it really Mm. bothered him that he wasn't Mm. able to say that he was sorry that he stole all the christmas cards with all the money and you know he wasn't able to do that but he did the best that he could and he lived a really honest life and he was my best friend and you know even through his using I never, you know, I never hated him for it because I saw it. I saw what it did to our parents and I saw what it did to my mother. And, you know, and I I knew why he was the way that he was, but I didn't understand why he wasn't like me. And yeah. that was like, that was a really hard thing for me. And my brother was 17 months sober when he passed away and of a brain aneurysm and he lived at my grandmother's house and he, my grandmother woke up one morning and he, she found him dead on the bathroom floor. And, but and that wasn't immediately evident. That like, wasn't that immediately wasn't, evident. That it we was didn't know aneurysm. what happened. We didn't oh, know right. knew what happened. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, when, when somebody dies that had used for as long as he did, you know, everyone's immediate, immediate thought and uh, what people, you know, write and say on social media and everything. Like, and, uh, when I when I you know sent my condolences, I said the same thing, and she was like, "No, it wasn't an overdose." And I was like, "Oh, I felt like an and, you asshole." Know, and a lot of people did that, and that it's, was in that, and it made me mad, and I got mad about it at first, and then I was like, "You yeah. know what? Like people are human, and right. you know, it's, like it's it is what it is. The nature of the it's it's the nature of the beast. To the and normal thing. Yeah, people are in recovery. They suddenly die. Everyone assumes it's drugs or alcohol you know and and i've stayed close with a lot of people from his home group and i after he passed away you know i I, his 
passing was was put on me completely by my family nobody else could deal with it nobody else wanted to deal with it you know my mom drank herself and took tranquilizers and was asleep at his wake and my dad just was stone-faced and didn't say a word and i want to pay him for you know his wake i had a gofundme that paid for about half of it and then i charged up like seven thousand dollars in credit card debt to pay for everything and you know it was it was really hard for me and but it wasn't something that i wasn't willing to do and when it first, you know, I was I was absolutely de- devastated, and I, you know, I think like for the grace of God, I was with somebody in sobriety when I got the phone call. One yeah. of my like really good girlfriends was that is um, in the AA program. She was with me, and she was friends with my brother, and she was, and my son was with us, and I didn't want him to know, and she like just was like you know, scooped me up, brought me to my older brother's house. I called my son's father. He came and picked him up, you know, and and me and my oldest brother, we, like, you know, took care of what we had to take care of. And it mm. was it was awful. And it still, like, you know, hurts me to this, to this day, obviously. And you just never really get over something that like that happening. And, you know, it just mm. – it. It got to the point where where I couldn't take it anymore. I wanted to die without him um, because at that point, me and my father didn't no longer had a relationship, and I was left with nobody except for my son. And I I woke up one day and I wanted to die, and um, I didn't understand why you know I, you know how my mother could say to me, "I wish that you died and not him." He, like, I loved Mark more than I love you. Why did he have to die? And, like, those are the types of things that, like, my mother says to this day, you know. And, and those are those things don't hurt me anymore because I know where they're coming from. But And it it destroyed my family. Nobody in my family really talks anymore. And, and the my Al-Anon sponsor lost her brother when – and her brother and my brother were friends. And I called her up one day and I was like, I want to die. And after oh, yeah. my brother had passed and she's like, come to my house. And I basically laid in her lap for months crying, like mm. didn't know what to do. But she was the only person who could identify with what I went through. And she, I felt like nobody else understood except for her. And... She did for me what other people did for her when her brother died. And her Mm. brother was an unexpected death also. And, you know, if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I would be now. Um, At that point, she wasn't my Al-Anon sponsor. She was just my friend that I knew from Al-Anon. And when I finally, like, got myself together, I told her that I wanted to, that I needed to go back through the steps. And um, so she told me that she would take me through and... um, currently doing she's actually taking me through the um <laughs> the aa way instead of the Al-Anon way because oh, she wow. thinks it'll be more beneficial to me and i'm currently doing my fourth step which is super fun um <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's a blast <laughs> um but you know i wouldn't be who i am today without all of those things happening to me and you know the the childhood traumas and the you know, the alcoholic parents and all of that, like those, those are all circumstances to my life, but they didn't, I didn't become a bad person because of them. I didn't follow in the footsteps of my parents and I didn't, you know, I, I've never been in trouble with the law or I, you know, I just actually at my interview, guys like, you know, the HR is like, we're going to run a Corey check. And I was like, like just, and he like, was like what and i was like i'm just kidding i don't i've never been in trouble so you're not gonna find anything you know and well yeah and that was an interview for an emt position at brewster that i got it's very cool yeah and um my well my brother had you know the the reason that i decided to go to school to be an emt is because my brother but right before he died had told me that i should go because i needed to help people and so congratulations I, on that. Thank that's you. That's huge. Um, he told yeah, me that I needed to help people because that's what I was meant to do. And he believed in me. And so after he died, I signed up for school and I went and I graduated. And then the three days after I graduated from school, I found out I had a brain aneurysm. So that put a 
damper on my timeline of becoming an EMT, but after having brain surgery and everything, I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, he Going dies, through all of that, yeah, and die, then... He, he, he dies of a brain aneurysm. I find out I have one because he died, and yeah. then only because he died. Yeah, because... Wow. They only ran a test because they said it could be genetic, and so right. they ran but, the test. But, like, you had had you know, symptoms or, or stuff from it that for... That they told me was anxiety. Yeah. Oh, really? For years. You know, it, it occurs to me that, uh, you know, that the way you've reacted to these things that have happened to you, you know, you might not have been perfect, but I, I mean, it couldn't have It certainly could have been much, much worse. It blows me away that she yeah. didn't turn into a freaking drug addict. Into an alcoholic or a drug addict. Yeah. You, know, you could have uh, just turned into someone who hates, you know, yeah. anger will change you. Yeah. Anger will make you hate hate everything, hate life, hate this, hate that, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, this isn't fair. And it's, you know, it's always, it's always, um, it's the event plus the response equals the outcome. You know what right. I mean? And it's, and, and the events that you had, your response, you know, you should be congratulated. You should really feel proud of yourself because you could have gone down all kinds of different paths. Oh, my Goodness. I mean, I just thank God that my son's eight years old and he's never seen me drunk. That I yeah, don't that's take him good. To, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, having I don't kids take can any, help. You know, and like, <laughs> yeah. definitely helped me. Well, yeah, I mean, I was young when I had him. I was 20 mm. years old, and and I, I, when I got pregnant, I'm 20 years old, and I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to raise a child? I don't even know how to be a parent. I didn't have, like, parents that were normal. Like, how am I, I don't even know how to do that. But, right. It turns out to be not really as hard as, like, your brain. I mean, it's It's hard. It's hard. (laughs) Parenting's hard. Parenting is hard, but, you know, doing it young and everything. You know, and, and, you know, I've run into my own own set of, you know, issues with my son. He has ADHD, and I will not medicate him because of the addiction, how deep the addiction runs in my family. And Mm. I don't want him to be dependent on medication at such a young age. And so Mm. I've decided to go, like, a different, you know, route. And I've decided to read books. And I've decided to do, like, herbal supplements instead of medication and to take out screen time so he's not watching TV all the time and, you know, to do other things with him. And you know what? It worked. We we had a great guest on that was uh, uh oh john afflicted with that john big yeah. time and he found a non-narcotic version of whatever I yeah. Know. yeah yeah and so. but it's i mean for right now i mean but my son is a, he has adhd but he's on the genius spectrum mm. and so it's like he's a like young sheldon with adhd yeah. like, I, <laughs> like i don't know he's like this like weird a little weird kid that can give you a fact on like how many volcanoes there are in the world but like oh, yeah. also like yeah. wants to like climb the wall like wicked you know? wicked smart and you know it's it also makes him it made him a little bit of a like an emotional kid everything that we went through you know losing my brother was really hard thing for him and Mm. you know it it was devastating and he's still to i mean chris can attest to the fact that he talks about my brother daily yeah and it's been 22 months since he died (laughs) he um he actually wanted to have his uncle's skeleton he what (laughs) (laughs) it's very weird weird. maybe you shouldn't say that well (laughs) but but it was in a loving way in a loving way loving skeleton what happened is he didn't understand what happens when you get somebody gets cremated and he thought that the skeleton was just gonna get like thrown in the garbage yeah like he thought that nobody was gonna keep it and he like didn't want that to happen so he like (laughs) thought that like when he sees like a skeleton the museum of science like how they're all like wired together with wire like he thought that maybe we could like do that and like have him like propped up in the house but like my brother was six four so like i didn't think i was like trying to explain i'm like and i you know it was like it was a funny like loving thing that he like but he's like i just what do you mean like who gets a skeleton because I think that you should get a skeleton. Yeah, because you like skulls, mom. <laughs> like, yeah, like very. It was just he was funny about it. But like, he's. Whatever. But he, mi- I mean, he misses him. He misses him every day, and like yeah. every time he sees a dragonfly, he's like, "Oh, there's Uncle Mark," or, you know, and like he really like lives. I mean, just the other day, he said to me, he said, uh, "So, mom, like when you pass away, and like then you have Uncle Mark's ashes, and you pass away, then I get Uncle Mark's ashes, right?" And I'm like, "Yep, you get Uncle Mark." ashes and he's like so my kids uncle mark would be their great uncle and i'm like yep and he's like so 
I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to really have to have a talk with them. So, so he's eight. <laughs> and I'm like, remember, he's eight. And, he's like eight. and he just turned eight last week. So like he's, uh, and he's very cute. serious. And he's like, well, I'm just going to tell them that like Uncle Mark was, you know, he was the coolest guy that I ever knew. And he was so fun. And even though he made mistakes and he, you know, he went to jail and he, and he did those things, he wasn't a bad person. And he, he, he bettered his life, and if they if they don't understand that, then they can't have his ashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, "Okay, priceless. this is yeah. weird. This, you know, so, can we not have this weird conversation? Like, you're thinking way too deep into this yeah. right now, you know? Like, but that's that's, that, but that's like how his brain works, and yeah. you know, I mean, so a lot of my. Um, a lot of my story comes comes from my brother, and 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 it sucks every day that he's not here, and and I yeah. just try, you know, I try to be a better person every day for him, because um, he was a great person, and he was funny, and he was, we had a lot of fun um, in the time that he was sober and he was out of prison, and we did yeah. a lot of fun things, and we and we made up for all the sh- all the years. It was like all the years that he used, and everything were gone. Mm. Like it didn't matter. Like didn't. I didn't resent him any, like, at all, like, and I, he made up for lost time, and we made up for lost time, and I am so grateful for the time that I got to have with him, you know, during, during the time that, that he was here, and that I did get to love him, and learn, and develop a relationship, and a friendship again, and, um, but what I have learned from, you know, from Al-Anon and from having, from going through the things that I've gone through in my life and still having one active parent and um, another parent that I don't speak to, so I don't have either one of my parents. Mm. Um, my brother, my, I mean, my brother's death de- devastated my father. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And and it, it changed him. And, and I can't, I don't know his struggle. I've never lost a child and I don't. I don't intend to speak on his struggle on that and his choice to not talk to me because it's too hard to to have a relationship with me, you know, because Mark's gone. It, that's his that's his journey and, you know, and if if someday like he comes back around, then he comes back around, but I my life can't stop because of that. And yeah. I, you know, I need to continue to make my son proud and do these things for my son and do the things for my son that my parents didn't do for me. Yeah, and, 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 and that's you know, what Alan Anon has taught me is self love right. and self care, and you know, you, you know, and 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 losing my brother, you know, I took I took care of him and probably a little bit too much, probably you know, I probably coddled him a little bit, um, and you know, I don't I don't have him here to take care of anymore, but I all that extra energy that I put into loving him, I can put into loving myself and loving my son now. There you go, and. That's what he would want. Mm. He didn't want me to be like, you know, worry about him on the daily, and he didn't worry about. And people say like that 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 God has a plan, and maybe that was God's plan for for our family is like to like rekindle our our relationship and and to have good memories and to leave with good memories. Yeah, because we we don't know what the plan is. We're not always going to like it. And I I don't, and I I didn't like it, and I was very resentful towards God for a long time because of it. But I realize now that, like, you know, if it weren't for – if it weren't for multiple programs, if it weren't for the AA program, I, you know, I may have started drinking and doing drugs at a, right. if I hadn't been going with my dad. And if it wasn't for Al-Anon and, like, all of the, like, conversations, the real, true, intellectual conversations that I've been able to have with my Al-Anon sponsor, then she when she explains something to me and I'm like, wow, I feel stupid, you know, for not <laughs> getting that myself. But she, she is so... Smart, and she's educated me so much, and she because I, I because she has because she, she knows has both sides. She, she has, has knows right, yeah. She, well, oh, she's she's in she's a dual programmer, and mm. so she your gets story both will help it. someone though. That that the all the struggles that you've been through uh, will help yeah people yeah the, you know and these yeah. this is the stuff that we want. This is why we have this podcast because we right. want people that don't know where to turn or don't know what to do or love someone who's an addict. To be able to know that there is help out there, there's yeah. programs for you. Right. You can go through the steps. There's yeah. a there's a meeting in um, Situate. Uh, it's it's family restored, and um, actually the the guest who we're gonna have on takes normal people through the steps. Yeah, that's wild. You know, 
And it, it's a design for living. The, the 12 steps are a design for living, and they work under any and all conditions. Yeah, for everyone. I I hate to do this, but uh, they're going to kick us out. Yeah, we got we got to pass a little late. Up. We've never gone past seven. <laughs> little little snafu in here tonight. So. Yeah, but it's all good. And uh, what a fantastic yes. uh, story that you've that you've shared. Thank you. Yes, so much. thank you for coming on. And thank you for we saving the day. It. And <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> the thank newest you. EMT. Thank yeah. Thank you. And I, I hope you. I hope you. Uh, Enjoy that. I would, <laughs> would not. And <laughs> I, I just also Thank want to say that doing I love that. you. Nice. Very good. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hey, listen, I'm sure there's still tickets left uh, for over at the Abington Polish Club. Yes. Um, uh, 2 o'clock Sunday, the 23rd. Uh, there is a link on our page, on the group page. Um, check it out uh, if you want to support uh, Joseph's House and uh, help get this everything up off the ground. Um, I know later on in the evening that there's supposed to be uh, music and dancing. So music and dancing, you know, check and, it out. And uh, also, there's a over here this weekend. Um, there's a um, wellness, wellness fair, fair and uh, please subscribe to the podcast lolterms.com. Yep, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, that's and it. YouTube, Twitter, we're out there. Yeah. Instagram, we're everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, because addiction <laughs> is everywhere. Addiction's so, everywhere. Thank you. All right, peace. I live in this world full of anger.